JPR partners with the SOPBS televised program, Us As We Are, to bring you an audio version, a monthly exploration of people and events in our region. In this episode, host Keegan Van Hook visits folks who live and travel in their vans, school buses, RVs, and more at the Northwest Nomad Gathering in Fort Rock, Oregon, and then a holiday festival of lights on the Oregon coast. Hi there, folks. I'm Keegan Van Hook, and this is Us As We Are. Today, as usual, I have two stories from my recent adventures around Oregon to share with you. First, we'll learn about the lifestyle of Americans who have chosen to live nomadically in vans, buses, and SUVs at an annual gathering for this community called Northwest Nomads. Afterwards, we'll talk to volunteers working on setup for the annual Nature's Coast Holiday Festival of Lights in Brookings, Oregon, a massive light display currently open to the public. Northwest Nomads is a yearly gathering in the shadow of Central Oregon's Fort Rock. This volcanic tough ring formation sticks up out of the desert prominently, and was clearly visible from the congregation of lived-in vehicles that comprised the Nomad campground. The atmosphere within this little festival was whimsical. Lots of music, dancing, craftwork, and people rolling around on one wheels. Kind of a mix between a skateboard and a unicycle meant for riding fast over rough terrain very popular with this crowd. Here's Jordan Lutz and Ashley Cascante, organizers of Northwest Nomads. Northwest Nomads is a gathering created to bring the community together in a safe and welcoming atmosphere. Life on the road isn't always easy. It's not always what you see on Instagram. So I feel like our motivation and inspiration creating this event is celebrating all the highs and lows of what living on the road is. Just mainly a really a family and community driven event. This was the perfect place for us to come and meet people in the van life and bus life while the nomads were in an open mood to share. Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? Pretty good, how about you? Good, good. All right, just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell me about what you do, who you are. I'm Chris, uh, my wife's Francesca. I'm from Indiana, she's from Italy. We travel with our dog um, full time. Chris and Francesca live in a relatively small 1980s GMC, but the interior is renovated into a very cozy living space with a large bed. The experience has been uh, endless adventure, really. We've had uh, some of the best times that we've had you know, so far traveling um, in these five months. So I think it's definitely where we should be. The, the van, it was all original when I bought it. Me and my wife kind of had this vision. Um, we didn't really put ourselves on a budget or anything. We were just like, you know, we this is what we want. There's a few things that we need, like, like a freezer, the fridge. Um, it's really what we wanted. And so that's what we built around. We knew we wanted a big bed because our dog always gets up in bed with us. <laughs> I want like this design and he was like, okay, I got you yeah. and he made it happen. Yeah, for you, I'm sure it's a really cool way to kind of start experiencing like a whole lot of America, all yeah. you know, just traveling. At first I came when I was like super young just for an exchange program and I was in his school so we met and like I, I never thought I would move away from my family because Italy is very family oriented. I'm Sam, uh, I live in this school bus, and uh, I'm just a traveling nomad. Sam has an easygoing smile framed by dreadlocks. He's barefoot and wearing overalls. His bus can only be described briefly as a hippie bus. Lots of natural fibers, weaved patterns, funky artwork, and piles of collected gems and minerals. I just love being able to uh, 
be somewhere for a couple months, especially during the best time of year, and then go when uh, the seasons change. When I came along this bus, I figured that's got to be my new home. So uh, that was actually about seven years ago, and I've been traveling in it ever since, all around the Northwest and all the way down to Arizona and Montana and Oregon, Washington. So traveling in the bus has just brought me like all kinds of opportunities that I never realized I would have. And that's been really serendipitous. And uh, even like sometimes if I'm broken down on the side of the road, I'll meet somebody new who's willing to help or, you know, the person who lives at that house that I had to pull over. And that just turns into a great, you know, connection. And those are the things you really can't plan for. And those are the serendipity moments. Um, I hiked the Appalachian Trail, and I didn't have anywhere to go. And then it's hard to get back into homesteading after the, living in the woods for six months. So I bought a truck and worked at Amazon to get back on my feet. This is nomad Katie Doan, who now lives in a small school bus with a homey interior. I saw all these different rigs, and the schoolie made more sense for me and my dog with the width and the affordability. You call this a schoolie? Yes, yes, sorry. Short school bus, we all call them schoolies. I love that you can have a different backyard everywhere you go. I've been looking for my forever home for the past four years, but it's neat to have this whole United States as a canvas to choose from. The next nomad we talked with lived in a large customized school bus painted green. Inside were shelves full of books on math and physics because this bus lifer works a job that, frankly, many people might not expect at first glance. My name is Brandon Hamshin. I'm an electrical engineer. I work for Johns Hopkins University, um, and I work for a branch that does, it's called the Applied Physics Lab. see people living like this, walking around without any shoes or socks on, and you never know who they actually are. And I think that's one of the unfortunate things that, um, that assumptions are made about the people that live this way. They perhaps are far more educated and articulate and insightful than the people that often want to push them and marginalize them. What are some of the coolest adventures you've gone on? That's a question that I often get, and it's not so much about the adventure. It's not the, um, well, it's not the destination. It almost never is. It's this. It's when you engage and connect with people. This is obviously what that's designed for, what this event's designed for. It's designed for hanging out with people that are like-minded. Van life is often associated with youth. People living out dream adventures and experiencing the world in a novel way early in life before heavier adult responsibilities weigh in. But in truth, we met van lifers of many situations, including families with children and those of retirement age. Uh, okay. Oh, this is amazing. Thank this is a you. really nice conversion. Come in. Sorry, Eliza's toys will be various places. Here's Kate and Aaron Massey, who are raising their two-year-old daughter, Eliza, in a large and very nicely renovated bus. Children only need very few things. They, they don't need a lot of space no. or things, items. She loves playing. You'll see that she's dirty because she's been out playing with sticks and living life, having fun yeah. and, and making friends and playing with Barbies and she loves it. The one thing I think we maybe miss out on our school groups or you know preschool that kind of thing for her which is why things like this we love catching up with other families letting her play and meet people of her age but yeah homeschool i think initially we'll see how clever she is and how how much we can do my name's joe bacon we downsized slowly and eventually we realized that we need to just sell our house cut you know cut the cord and and we hit the road, and we've been on the road for four years. My wife likes to cook and entertain, and we realized that in order to do that, we needed a bigger vehicle, so we picked up the box van.
Joe Bacon's van was the most customized rig out of all the people we talked to at Northwest Nomads. The back was completely converted into a fold-out porch with trimmed windows, just like on a house. On the roof were vertically mounted solar panels and a fold-up gazebo area, making this almost like a two-story setup when parked and fully deployed. It's actually fuller than it probably would be if we were done building it, so mm -hmm. in a little bit more cramped, but it's livable. We tried it out in, in various forms. We would do excursions. We went up the coast all the way to Canada and back. And we're like, you know, it would be really nice if we could just keep going. <laughs> Here's Sam again with the final word. I think that the van life is definitely a way of the future. I mean, people have definitely got to be mobile, got to be able to travel and have that freedom, but also be able to uh, be ready to, you know, escape the elements and not have to worry about their home being lost to like a fire or a natural disaster. Modern-day alternative lifestyles are fascinating to learn about, as more and more people find themselves turning to these concepts to adapt to a changing world. There's much more to learn about nomads in my full episode about this event, which you can watch now at sopbs.org slash usasweare. The episode is Northwest Nomads. For now, I'll turn our focus to a very seasonally appropriate story out on the Oregon coast. Brookings, in the far southwestern corner of Oregon, has an annual winter tradition, the nature's coastal holiday Festival of Lights at Azalea Park. This attraction brings hundreds of visitors, both local and from out of state, to the Oceanside community every year. Purported to be the most impressive holiday light display in Southern Oregon, I was excited to see it for myself. But almost a month before the event kicked off, a massive community-driven volunteer effort began. Hi, I'm Leslie Wilkinson, and we are in Azalea Park, and we're today setting up the lights for Nature's Coastal Holiday. We asked the community to come in and help us put all of the lights up in the bushes. So remember, Nature's Coastal Holiday Festival of Lights is over three million lights, and it's the community that's really the driving force with getting them up into the bushes and the small trees. Leslie is essentially playing the role of light stringing commander, coordinating volunteers and making sure everyone knows how to get the job done right. We also want to hang in an up and down matter. No around, no trunks, <laughs> okay? And when you bring power, you want to make sure the cords are on the ground because you know those little pesky deer. So tell me about how you get this organized. How do you kind of rally volunteers and so many volunteers to all come on this one day and put up so many lights? Well, I think first and foremost, they understand it's their community light show. It's their family tradition. Remember, the light show has been going on since 1997. So that's the first component, is it's theirs. Secondly, we don't have a lot of restrictions about hanging the lights. It's okay, wherever the colors fall is fine, because at night, it all looks wonderful. And I think they like that as well. Scattered around us in the bushes of Azalea Park were volunteers stringing lights. Now I see you've got this big pole. Is that so that you can get the lights way up high? Yes, yeah, we want them all the way to the top. That is a lot of lights. We come three times a week. Once the lights are set, have you come yep. here three times a week? Yep, yep, we do. It's beautiful. We just sit and listen to the music and enjoy the, the beauty of it. This is Debbie Salzman with fellow volunteer Don Bemis, who were working together to string a strand of lights around a large bush. Have you done the volunteering side of this before? This will be our third time. We were waiting for this, so we enjoy doing it. And uh, it's very gratifying as a the turnout that we always get for the public. 
My name's Timothy Connolly. This is my wife, Lori Connolly. We were elected co-presidents of the Curry County Cruisers, but in my opinion, you can't have two presidents. So I let her run the show. I'm the assistant to the president. How's that? For this interview, Timothy and Lori are posing proudly in front of their classic El Camino. Curry County Cruisers is a local group of individuals that appreciate classic cars, classic motorcycles, trucks, etc. We have a rather large car show, Memorial Day weekend, and the money collected for the car show is then donated to groups in the community. So what brings you here to Azalea Park on this beautiful fall morning? Well, first of all, to see you all <laughs> and hopefully get my rig here in a picture, but more importantly, we support the the light show here at the park the park ends up being so pretty during christmas season it's it's a wonderful wonderful organization hi i'm crystal hi i'm lucy what brings you guys to azalea park today uh, well we're stringing lights uh like we do every year uh, we've been doing it since lucy was five it's really cool but i it's a lot better at night because it just really pops here we are back with leslie wilkinson today we're probably about 60, 70 volunteers, but it takes over 350 volunteers to make this work. What's it gonna look like? Kind of put the image in my mind. When we turn up here, what, what can we expect to see? You're gonna be gobsmacked, just gobsmacked. It's just amazing when it fires up. And there will be people everywhere enjoying it. And you're gonna hear oohs and ahs and giggles and, and there's music. Up at the gazebo, if you go up there, you can overlook the whole thing. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect thing to, to be involved with. If, if you really want a nice, friendly community to come and visit, Brookings is outstanding. This part of the county is just remarkable. And again, if you have not seen the Christmas lights, it's worth, worth a trip over here. Come and enjoy it. Come enjoy Nature's Coastal Holiday Festival of Lights and come enjoy Brookings. There's a lot to do here. Hiking, fishing, just kind of hanging out works. You know, we're not the biggest shopping place in the world, but that's okay. You don't need to really shop with you have all of this gorgeous nature around. So come visit. My crew and I returned to Brookings on November 24th for the festival's opening night. And let me tell you, it was a visual spectacle you need to see. The second half of this story, where we see the payoff of all this hard work, airs with the next full episode of Us As We Are on Southern Oregon PBS, Thursday, December 21st at 8 p.m. after the PBS NewsHour. You can also find Us As We Are on YouTube, Instagram, and at sopbs.org slash usaswear. I hope you enjoyed listening, gained some insight, or were uplifted by these stories. Until next time, I'm Keegan Van Hook from Southern Oregon PBS, and this is Us As We Are.